get in touch with what is going on inside of you as opposed to reacting, especially this time of year, to what's going on outside of you. And see if you can locate that tiny little flicker of a flame just an inch or two below your belly button. That place where all of your power lives, where all of your truth lives. That place where your strength lives. See if you can just feel it and hold it, even if it's just for a fraction of a second. And be there. Feel what's happening when the full cycle of an in-breath, a hold, an out-breath, a hold, an in-breath, a hold, an out-breath, a hold, and an in-breath. Tonight we're talking about the hero's journey and I recently spoke with a man in Australia who said every breath cycle is actually a hero's journey. Fascinating. So again, deep breath in, blow out anything that's going to keep you present, being present on the call. One more deep breath in and blow it up and make like horse noises. Good, good, good. Shake your arms, shake your hands, come back into your body. All right, let's rock and roll. So, Adam, I'm not sure if you remember the exact date of this, but this was early on. I think it must have been October or September of last year. And uh, this was at about 5.15 in the morning in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, Adam and I, who were living together at the time, and we'll get into our story in a minute, we're about to go to the gym uh, as, as two single guys who live in New York do at 5.15 in the morning. And Adam stopped and asked me this question. And this is literally the genesis of everything that I'm doing, I've done from that moment forward. He said, when was the last time you ate McDonald's? And I went, man. I don't eat McDonald's, that's civilian food. And Adam, as he does, pulled his phone out and started recording and said, tell me more about this civilian food, this civilian idea. And I was like, yeah, man, that's, that's fucking civilized. Like, look how you and I live. We're two single guys in New York, up at 5 a.m., about to go to the gym. There's no alcohol in the house. There's no women in the house. There's no TV in the house. This is not how civilized people live. And I, want, I don't want to live how civilized people live. I don't want to wake up at 8 o'clock late, run to the, the office, slam a McMuffin on the way, work for somebody else for eight hours, hate it, spend all day on Facebook, any chance I can get, come home, crack a beer, sit down, watch TV, wish I was doing other stuff, and carry on. And so I share that story, one, because I always get asked, like, how did you come up with the idea of uncivilized? 
And two, why the hell was I even in New York? And that brings us to what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about the hero's journey. And the hero's journey that was is something that was presented to me early on in my own, well, for lack of a better idea, hero's journey by a therapist who maybe six months into our work together said, do you realize you're on a hero's journey? And I, of course, was like, I'm not a hero, bro, but thank you. And then had him explain very clearly the aspects of the hero's journey. And I went, holy shit, uh, I may be. And I thought about all the people I had met who were also going through transitions and having no idea that I would meet hundreds and hundreds of even thousands of people later on who were also going through transitions who it was easy to place them within that frame of the hero's journey. So speaking of frames, we set the frame of this hour, and this is something that Adam and I just talked about a little while before hopping on. And every week when we do an Unplugged, uh, especially when I have a guest on, we like to think that you guys are privy to us just sitting in our living room having a conversation. This is just open dialogue. We're gonna, I'm going to ask him some questions. He's going to tell me some things. He's going to share some things with you about what he's been going through because uh, Adam's actually on his own hero's journey, whether he knows it or not. And it may not be the first one, but this is also interactive. So if you guys see there is a chat button down on the bottom, you can shoot a question to all of us. You can shoot a question to me particularly. You can shoot a question to Adam particularly. Uh, if I think it's going to be best at the end, I'll hold it till the end. But if we want to address it then and there, we can as well. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Trevor Bohm. I'm the founder of Man Uncivilized, the Uncivilized Nation, and a coach. My mission is to change the way a million men express their masculinity. To do that, though, I also have to be working with women. So primarily, I'm a men's coach, but I also have a large female clientele and love your people and working with pe your people. But enough about me. I'm here to introduce one of my great friends and my brothers, uh, Adam Cobb. And I love Adam dearly. I've lived with Adam. We've shared the TED stage together. And uh, I got to know Adam the day after we spoke at TED. The whole TED lineup got taken to breakfast. This is one of our favorite stories. And we got sat next to each other. And we're eating eggs and, and, and was like, oh my God, who is this guy? He's an athlete. He looks like a brick shithouse if you ever meet him. We talked, I don't even think we touched on football. We immediately dove into the most, like I think we talked about dating, we talked about religion, we talked about a relationship with a higher power, like not what two dudes are usually sitting there talking about over breakfast. And I fell in love with Adam's ability to open up and share with me and just how the dialogue was flowing. And there was this woman sitting on my right who about every three and a half minutes would just lean over and say something like, when I was on Oprah, this, this, and this happened. And we'd be like, ah. and Adam actually would just go back to like eating quietly. And because she was on my right, I'd be like, oh, tell me about when you were on Oprah. And, or, you know, when my, when my email list hit a million and then Adam would go back to eating and I'd be like, ah, tell me about when your email list. But that conversation, little did I know that uh, we parted ways that way that day. And we're like, yeah, let's keep in touch. And a year later through a set of extraordinary circumstances, uh, I moved into Adam's home in Brooklyn 
and we lived together for about eight months. So, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for my brother, Adam Cobb. Adam, I would love it if you would just chime in real quick with, you know, I know this is such a shitty question, but if you could say in like a sentence who you are, what do you do? And you're not allowed to use Tom Brady in that sentence. So go, you're on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, uh, I simplify movement, eating well, mindset, so that people can do more of the things they love to do, have more freedom in their lives. And I do that on, uh, in a lot of different countries, on lots of different movie sets where I work with like the lead actors, on movement, mindfulness, uh, metabolism, meditation, all that. And then I work with NBA athletes um, primarily for three months, June, July, and August, really intensively. And then that's also led to some speaking and, and writing and things like that. So, yeah. So Adam's not telling you he's a big fucking deal. So that was his way of being like, hi, I'm not a big fucking deal, but Adam's a big fucking deal. So Adam works with the best of the best. And when the best of the best want to get better, they call him and, uh, and pull him into whatever they're doing. Tell me if you would, or tell everybody here what, and, you know, if you haven't, if you guys haven't seen Adam's Ted talk, it's eight days a week, right? Live by design and not by default. So share with everybody real quick, if you would, what the hell is eight days a week? I've lived with you. So I know what eight days a week is. I've watched you uh, yeah. not sleep and do what you do, but share with everybody what eight days a week stands for. Yeah, it's simple. Like it, the idea that if you could sleep four hours a night, then you could get an extra day. <laughs> <laughs> Completely kidding. Um, no, the idea is that with high performing clients, clients that are kicking ass in the world, they want to really have the opportunity to make the most out of life. Mm. And a good story is that I, I walked into I walked into a little shop in New Zealand when I was working with a client and it was a post office. And when I walked in, there was this lady behind the desk and I walked in and had an eight days a week t-shirt on. And she said, no, 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 I don't want any of that. And that immediately went like, huh? Like, what are you talking about? And she goes, I do not want to work another day. And I said, oh, it's interesting that you took it that way, right? Athletes take eight days a week, simply like no days off, go hard. But the real yeah. meaning is the idea that, you know, how can we squeeze the most right out of that lemon? How can we uh, really make the most out of our minutes? So my idea and my method and what I've taught clients is that when you can start to really practice like mastering your morning, mm -hmm. when you can then elevate that to mastering your movement, your mm -hmm. exercise, your movement, turning that into play. Uh, um, and I say that the, the masters of exercise is movement and the PhD is play. So you mm -hmm. can get to that place of play. It is a thing that just starts to spark things, right? And, and you'll do it unconsciously. And then uh, metabolism, right? How can you start to eat a healthy lifestyle to create not just know food but create energy right mm -hmm. you get more out of it and then also the mindset and uh, breathing practice so that you're really present and I think when you add all four of those things together in yeah. that order and start to bring some mastery around that which oftentimes mastery uh, is defined by how many mistakes you can actually make in a row so yeah. that you can get to mastery um, then you can start to create a, a few more seconds and those seconds become minutes and those minutes mm -hmm. become an hour and eventually those hours could become an extra day. So it's how do I maximize my day? And that's what I teach all my private clients and uh, you know, hopefully uh, 
you know, I conveyed that to, to just now on the call, but it's something that I truly live by. And yeah, uh, I know you do. You know, it's like the discipline around like where are our boundaries. It's very much in the alignment of, of your uncivilized, where yeah. it is completely, it's completely uncivilized. And in that it's thinking, okay, I have a desire <clears throat> and I want to, I want to love this thing that I hate. Great. Mm-hmm. So you have a desire to right. lose weight. Great. And you have to have a discipline. And so I teach a lot of those those specs of discipline to move to delight. So you have a desire, gotcha. you want to get to delight, discipline's the bridge. The one in the middle. Let me ask you the shittiest question I always get and I'm still struggling with. If you could only prescribe one to your clients, meditation or movement, what would it be? Movement. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I know it's such a shitty question, isn't it? Yeah. No, I love the question. I think so many people say, I just, I, you have to train your mindset, mindset first. And I say mindset will fail you every single time unless it's in your body and in your bones. And I think movement starts to push it in different places and it starts to activate. And mm. it, it actually, as you move, the mindset starts to like embed in you once you get movement in. So I, I've had that. I've literally talked to like my mentor, my spiritual mentor, and he's like, no, mindset first. And we go back and forth. But I, through, you know, 15 years of research and results with these clients, um, I don't even talk mindset or meditation until we have a moving practice that's mm. consistent eight days a week. Gotcha. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I, was, I was waiting to Shanghai you with that question. But let's, let's circle this back around because we're talking about the hero's journey tonight. Let me see a, a show of hands of if, hmm, actually, since I can only see three of you or four of you, put your hands up, actually. If you know about the hero's journey, you've heard this before, this is something you're familiar with, let me see. Okay couple of you. Beautiful. So I'm going to see if I can do a screen share and put something up here. Does that, did that work? Do you guys see this? Can you guys see this hero's journey? Yeah. Adam, can you see that? Good. Okay. So I took this from, uh, from my mentors, uh, Kimberly and Mark's Kimberly Weil and Mark Sylvester. This is Kimberly's handwriting. Adam knows Kimberly because Kimberly and Mark put on TEDx Santa Barbara. So when we look at story structure, most major movies you've ever seen follow this story. This is an archetypal story pattern that if anybody has gone through a really shitty experience, a major transition, right? A bankruptcy, a divorce, a loss of a family member, uh, chronic illness and injury. I believe it follows this format. And what's usually so awful when you're in the middle of that situation is there's no framework for it, right? People just think like, my life is shit. My life now sucks. My life now is really, really hard. But when they don't, when they can put it in these, in this systematic order, it's like, oh, okay, cool. I know, it now has a container. And you realize that there will be, the, and first of all, you're not the only one to go through this. That's also kind of, uh, it's helpful to know. But number one, so Adam, I'm going to pull this in and, and tie you to it because I want you to share a bit about what you've gone through personally uh, and tell everybody uh, some of your own journey. And so what we, what we don't have on this sheet is the prior to the here's the call is the status quo. 
And so if we think about like the opening of Lord of the Rings, right? What is it? It's like, here's the Shire. Everybody's happy. Everybody's doing, there, there's this like way that that's this normalcy per se. And then the call happens. And the call is, I like to think of it more like the inciting incident. The moment that prior to everything was normal and after everything changed. So I'm going to pull this off my screen so I can see you guys. But write that down if you don't have it or I can email it out. <clears throat> Adam, if you wouldn't mind, yeah. tell me a little bit about your life, the status quo. And, and just, just so everybody does know, Adam has a, recently had a pretty serious injury. So prior to that, what was your life like movement-wise and athletically? Yeah, I would say that I was ready every weekend to do a, uh, a triathlon. You know, I, I always tell people like, you want to do a triathlon? And they say, sure, when? I'm like, this weekend. You know, it was one of those eight days a week kind of uncivilized type of uh, mentalities to have. And um, so in the gym, a lot of functional movement, lots of basketball, mm -hmm. uh, love dunking. I work with NBA athletes, so I have to stay on top of my game. So every now and then they want to play a little one-on-one -on -one with me. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, surfing, whatever that may be, um, running on the beach, you know, as much as you can. And um, I went out to Australia and did a bunch of, um, a bunch of speaking. Mm -hmm. And started speaking to a lot of different corporate companies, um, started speaking to different, uh, different companies out there. And it was exactly in alignment with where I felt like I needed to be yeah. and throughout Sydney, Brisbane, South Africa, Cape Town, New Zealand, and all that area having a speaking agent from Australia. And I was really getting a lot of reps in yeah. and right in alignment and even yeah. spending time with a spiritual mentor. And, and what happened? Yeah. And I was about, so I was about to my talk, I was about to give a, uh, a keynote Yeah, about eight days a week, basically uh, to about 500 people. And my, f my friend that I was with said, Hey, what do you want to do to just kind of relax and calm the nerves a little bit? Mm. And he said, want to play some basketball. So I thought, absolutely. So we went to go to this court about three hours before and we did a proper warm up. All the mm. warm-ups I do with NBA athletes. <laughs> we did a proper warm-up. <laughs> you know, like we were dripping before we started playing, and they were tired already. And um, I did a jump stop and went up mm. for a dunk. And when I came down, my leg literally disconnected. Like, yeah, it just completely disconnected. And in that moment, um, I just hit the ground, slapped the floor mm. times, and just screaming out and I completely tore my ACL meniscus and and I knew like this isn't a sprain this isn't a yeah it was a complete tear okay and, um yeah so basically that's the the incident from which prior everything was one way after everything's another so yeah. for those of you who are listening and looking for oh shit I want you to think like in your life or in your own journey, what have been the inciting incidents? And it doesn't have to be, you know, the car or the plane crash that you were the only person to survive. And it doesn't even have to be that big. As I said earlier that a, a, a guy I was talking to from Australia said, every breath, full cycle of a breath is a hero's journey. But when you can locate like, oh yeah, that was a mini one. That was a big one. That was a, a smaller one. It's helpful. So talk to us, Adam, as, so what does the hero do? He, he goes on a journey, right? 
and he goes, he, he hits some dark spots. He finds new guides. He learns a fuck ton. So tell us what it's like for, you know, I playfully refer to people, uh, refer to you to people as like, yeah, he's like a six, four tigger. He just kind of like bounces all the way through life every day, all day, uh, up at like three in the morning doing push-ups and jumping jacks, like in the fucking kitchen. So what is it like for someone like you to lose your, have your leg taken away? Yeah. Um, first I want to comment that after this happened, um, I did say, give me some crutches mm. and I got up on stage and gave that keynote to 500 people in a very uncivilized way. So Good if you, you want to say that, Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, stay in theme, but, um, the facts were once I got back home and had the surgery, um, I really, I, I, I anticipated the physical challenge, the physical, yeah. um, I did not anticipate the mental, um, the the mental recovery, the the the, the emotional recovery, yeah. the spiritual recovery, and that uh, was incredibly hard. Like I never, that. yeah, I never experienced anything like that. You know, I'm always the guy that's like, all right, man, like let's just toughen up, let's go. Yeah. And the facts were, uh, you know, whenever anything would come up that was stressful or yeah. challenging. I would just go for a run. I'd go play basketball. Right. I'd move. Right. Or even meditate for that matter, you know, based upon the movement meditation question. Yeah. The facts were I was in so much pain mm. first two weeks on pain meds, uh, but it didn't matter. They basically pulled my hamstring out, folded it, and put, used that as my ACL. So it wasn't just my knee or the front, the quad, but it was my hamstring as well. So my top and bottom of the leg were just in this excruciating amount of pain and even meditating. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't, like I literally could not get my brain yeah. to do that. I, I just wanted to like veg out. I just wanted to watch TV. I wanted to eat bad food and um, it was just really hard and I just felt super bad for myself, you know, definitely like lots of tears. Yeah. Uh, lots of tears. Like just the, the instability of life, I guess, at that moment, but also even like, well, how do I'm on crutches, right? I'm on crutches for almost a month and a half. So oh. like, I'm warming up something in the microwave or on the pan. How do I get this plate <laughs> right. over to that table? You know, yeah. so, um, and I, up, up until now, I was never good at asking, really asking for help. Yeah, and I know. The idea of like receiving and, right, yeah. that was completely shit at it. Yeah. And completely shit at vulnerability and, yeah. and actually being vulnerable and saying, hey, I need this. Right. I'm actually, I'm feeling depressed or I'm feeling lots of anxiety or overwhelm. Right. Because not only, so, you know, I, I had reached out to Trevor a few times and yeah. um, some other, uh, um, other people that are in my life. And um, it was a huge practice for me to reach out and just say, hey, like, how's your recovery? I just wanted to say, great, it's going good. You know, yeah. I'm and it was like, nope. And my best friends, yeah, my best, best friends, uh, you included, were the friends that were like, dude, just sit in that suck. Yeah. Like, just sit in the suck for a minute. Let's talk about how bad it sucks. And let's get yeah. associated to those feelings of, um, of those feelings of like, you're off. And I get it. You're out in New York City right now. You're recovering out of your client, you know, combo, all that stuff. And um, I will say that that you know, it was definitely the most challenging 
um, in so many different ways. Yeah. yeah. I can only imagine someone with your energy levels and, you know, really re- regard yourself as kind of a Superman, right? Physically yeah. you do things that most humans can't do. And then all of a sudden now you have to ask for help for the most basic things. What was the surprise hardest thing? Like something that you were like, holy shit, I never thought like sitting down to go to the bathroom or taking a shower or walk. Like what was the, what was the thing that snuck up and kind of knocked you over that you didn't expect? Yeah, it was getting into, um, so getting into the shower. Um, really? It was getting into the shower. At first it was actually walking on crutches. So the first two days, because the quad goes to complete mush, I literally could not, even with the crutches, couldn't get my left leg to step. Uh, I literally was just stuck. And I had my, had my mom and pops were yeah. literally grabbing my leg and moving it forward. And then I was stepping and they were moving my left leg forward. And I just thought I broke, like, just oh, yeah. like a baby. I mean, because yeah. it was like, I can't, my brain isn't telling my leg to move right now. Yeah. And, I think that was hard getting into the shower because the lip, the tub, I could not get it over. And it was just so challenging to get out of that. And every time I was going to slip and I slipped a couple times and the thought of it like snapping again or like breaking is at all time high. And you know, the thought of infection. Oh man. Tom Brady got his infected when he had (laughs) that in, but you know, the thought of like, gets infected and you have to be really careful and yeah and would you say to- that it connected you with a different part of your own humanity that like you kind of got to live up in the the clouds of the physical human experience you know getting to do things that a lot of people can't did it bring you down to uh like did it get you in touch with like oh shit i on some level i'm no different than anybody else yeah you know i was um my grandmother celebrated her 87th birthday this year yeah and we're Lebanese, so I call it Situ. That's Arabic for grandmother. And um, Situ was walking, and she can walk okay. And there was a lip in the sidewalk, and I'm walking with her. Yeah. You know, after after um, about two months, and that lip, that little lip in the sidewalk, I looked at it. We both, her and I, both looked at it together, and we were like, oh. "Let's go around." Oh, and wow. I'm like. I realized that that little crack in the sidewalk is, is like Mount Everest to my grandmother, mm-hmm. but it's like Mount Everest to me right now. Mm. And I found myself looking at, um, definitely, um, elderly in a whole different light. Um, in, in, in people on crutches, anything, anything with any disability whatsoever, or just yeah. any challenges, like the compassion and the empathy, just like, to a higher level and just being really much more present. Yeah, really. I, I bet. Because the gratitude's really high because uh, I remember staying in my car. I was, I was just on these pain meds mm-hmm. and getting in some pretty bad habits, you know, mm-hmm. staying up late, mm-hmm. watching TV, knowing that like being horizontal in bed reduces inflammation, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I have to keep it elevated the whole time anyway. Mm-hmm. So I just stay in bed. And, you know, I even got like, like a little bit of rash, like on my ass and like yeah. back. I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, oh. No, I have an ass rash. This, yeah, is, this is rock bottom, man. It was rock bottom. And, uh, and then I said, you know, I'm going to 
it was basically like, I'm going to, I have to do something here. And yeah. Like, all right, no more TV, no more junk okay. food. Yeah. And I remember driving to, I got into the car, which actually that's another thing. Get into the car was seemed impossible. Yeah. I got into the car and drove to this beach close by and mm. watched, watched the sunrise. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, that's probably the best therapy I can do. Yeah. And I watched the sunrise and I remember looking out to this like jetty, this rock jetty. And I thought, you know, one day I'm going to walk out there. Mm. When I can walk out there, because that's so far from this moment, um, I'm going to do it every day. Mm. Um, so, you know, this morning marked like the 72nd that's right. sunrise in a row because the gratitude's so high that it's like I'm, I'm not going back to like taking things for granted at all. Yeah. And I went to the track the other day and watched somebody run around the track. Yeah. And I can't run right now. You know, I can't, I mean, just walking right now. And, um, running's I, kind of useless, man. I wouldn't really set your sights. <laughs> you can just get rid of that. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> how I visualize and like, you know, like what that would be like. And yeah. Um, yeah. So it's been a, it's been such a, it's been such a process. Did yeah. you think in the moment, cause this is what, I, uh, there's so much unknown and darkness in the journey part of the hero's journey, right? There's just so much. Did you have any idea the moment you felt that snap? Like I may actually be crying, trying to get in the shower and we'll be talking to people I've never met. And we'll be like, did you realize the magnitude of the journey when it first happened? No. Yeah. I think that's so common and, and I actually think it's part of the hero's journey is to realize like when I, when I opened with why the hell was I in New York, I never would have imagined that that, that journey took me to, to living with you, mm-hmm. right? When, when, when things first went south. Yeah. Um, and to even to add to that, I have a friend that documents, makes movies and film and mm-hmm. <clears throat> he's been documenting this whole process. Right. So you think, if there's anybody that would have that perspective of knowing the moment and how big it is. Yeah. Unique, so I'm documenting it. And even then I yeah. was just like, I'm just, this is tough. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing was just the biggest thing, not past tense at all. The biggest right. thing still saying that, um, that like I'm having a tough day or I'm having yeah. like an off day. I'm, I'm not, and not faking, like not faking a smile. Because yeah. Coach Adam Cobb is like, yeah, let's do it, let's go. And I had to go, uh oh. And I had, uh, through this process, I don't even know if you knew this, but I started going, um, I started seeing there was somebody locally, like, uh, uh, went to some therapy. So yeah. I was, I want to do like sound healing, I want to do therapy, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, I want to do all that levels of healing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'll tell you, a part of that was just that like complete release of letting go, just being like, it's okay to, to not be on. Yeah. And letting go of like that coach Adam Cobb persona. Right. And embracing whatever else is, is, is coming. Yeah. Very at times because I like that kind of identity with the different clients. And I'm like, so I'm holding on, letting go Mm. hard things. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll narc on you a little bit and and share a story that uh, one time I, Adam got, we'll just put, food poisoning slash he got sick. Uh, and I told one of our mutual clients, I was like, yeah, he's not feeling good. He's got, he's sick. He's upstairs. And then like 45 minutes later, Adam left and came back and was standing in the doorway and went, um, 
so I just talked to the, a client and I think you use the S word and uh, I don't get sick. I have food poisoning. I was like, dude, you have like green mucus coming out of your face and a fever and like, no, you're fucking sick. But just your inability to even say, yeah, I'm sick. Just that humanity. So that, the arc of the journey now brings you back around to being transformed and having something to share with society as a different person. Mm -hmm. How would you say in the simplest, most honest, just like human to human term, how is this going to change how you interact with your clients, with your, with your, your family, with your, your, your romantic partners, whoever it is that's now in your life, how are you going to be a different, how has it changed you to the core? Yeah, I think, um, well, even shifting from, I think, and I feel, you know, I started to just get really in tune with like, how do I feel? Yeah. And just like literally starting and ending up here knowing certain things and going, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Like, no, I actually don't know it. Like, mm. you know, I didn't, I knew that the pool would alleviate pain and your joints, things like that. I didn't know it. Okay. You know? I didn't know it. And that's a physical thing, but I also didn't know how powerful it was as I, I have a girlfriend now and, 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 um, and it was like, what's the even point of doing this? What's the point of having a girlfriend? Well, while I'm, while I'm in this condition. Oh, while you're doing through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just easier to do this by myself. It's recovery. Oh, yeah. And what I've learned is by me just being completely open and being like, hey, like, like I don't want to talk this. Like, it's pretty much like I don't have the capacity to talk for the next couple of days because I'm really having a hard time. And uh, that was like, that was huge for me to actually yeah. go there rather than because the easiest thing was breaking up. Yeah. The hardest thing mm. was just speaking my truth of, Hey, like I'm having a shit day and I don't want to, I don't want to, I can't talk right now. Yeah. You can't come up to see you this weekend and uh, only living an hour away. I can't mm. come up because um, I'm just like, I'm in a lot of pain and actually has nothing to do with my knee pain. It's just like mentally, emotionally, I'm, I'm just, I'm just feeling like behind mm. with this. And I'm also having this thing of like, like who am I? Like identity crisis, right? Like, of course, if I'm not the guy that's Superman living between New York city and LA and Australia and all these right. clients. And again, I got it before that. I'm not, don't be wrapped up in my identity, but I, I didn't get it in here. Yeah. So I've been coming from like, Literally, I just like even hit my chest. Can you say that again for everybody, please? Because I, I would love for everybody on the call to hear that again and feel it as you're saying it, which is, I got it here. Just if you could do that again for everybody, please. Yeah, I, I got it here in my head, mm-hmm. but I didn't get it here in my heart. Mm. What helped me was simply... Uh, I can relate physically and then I can relate emotionally. Physically, I could not get my leg to fire. I couldn't get my, I couldn't squeeze my quad, my leg. It just, it wouldn't squeeze. I didn't have the proprioception. I, I couldn't do it. So my pops, my dad, when I was a kid, he put his hands, as I was trying to hit a baseball, he put his hands over my hands and he grabbed my hands and he, sh- he kind of showed me how to hit a baseball and mm-hmm. turn my wrist over. And, and that kind of kinesthetic touch 
allowed me to go, oh, that's how you do it. Well, as an adult, he kind of smacked my leg, mm. back up my leg to fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout this process, I started touching like my stomach, my chest, and I found kind of in between like sternum mm-hmm. is that when I come through here, here, mm-hmm. rub, whatever that is, it's like mm-hmm. it's like, you know, doing your own Reiki on yourself, but like being really connected if I'm having a hard time feeling what I found is that I just go here. So I go to the sunrise and rather than journaling, being up with my head, I'm like, mm. like just here, I'm here. And I'm just feeling like, what does that sunrise feel like? Mm. Uh, what, what, what am I hearing? Trying to tap in all my senses. And I, I knew in theory what to do and all the things, but I, I wasn't getting deep into my feelings. And yeah. This has been the first time I think, you know, that I'm really doing that. Yeah. Not just taking every seminar and acing right. all the, you know, all the conversations and connections with people, but really having my own personal practice with feeling, even feeling wow. first, even to a point where I would turn it off sometimes. I'm like, yeah. whoa, I didn't feel good. You know? <laughs> yeah. Hello, yeah. feelings. You can go away now. I would I love to live right up now. here. Right yeah. Now, yeah. So let me ask you the million dollar question because everybody going through a challenge or everybody on the other side of a challenge has a different take on this question. If you could go back and go back to that day that you were going to shoot hoops and instead go, nah, I'll go surfing and skip this whole experience. Would you? I just, I just shared this with somebody yesterday and they said, if you could jump or not jump, would you? And I said, I would still, I still would have jumped. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I was on a course that, um, I know the course I was on Mm -hmm. and the course wasn't like deep down Mm. where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. I, I think I stunted a lot of my creativity by just keeping up and going, going, going. And now, trying to tap into a lot of that into the writing piece coming mm-hmm. from here, even yeah. speaking, even speaking coming from here rather than right. From here. And I think you do a great job at that. I think you do a great job at coming from here. Cause I've seen you, you speak and crush it the stage and standing ovation on the 18th talk and Ted and still get a standing. Oh, that was insane. But you know, the, like come from here a whole yeah. different place. And so this was the first time I bet you, yeah. perhaps your whole life you had to sit still. Oh, right. Yeah. Like you came to a complete stop probably for the first time in 38 yeah. years. I had a belief that if I stopped fully that I would just sleep, I would just be tired, you know? Yeah. And I was, and I was for the first, um, two, about two months. I was just tired all the time because I wasn't moving and I was so conditioned to move. Yeah. And I had to just be okay with, Hey, I'm not going to move. Yeah. Not, but I'm not okay with, I'm okay with not moving because I have to be. Yeah. I'm not okay with not having any energy, damn it. You know? Yeah. Wow. What a fucking journey, man. I remember when you first did it, I got, I think, um, I think it was Kyla who messaged me and I was just like, oh fuck, what's he going to do? Yeah. Right? Like I know a lot of people who blow their knee out. So be it. They, you know, whatever. But for you particularly that this was going to be also that it was going to be more of an internal journey than it was going to be external because I knew you'd, you'd like 
be the uh, patient of the week at PT every single week. I'm going in and giving high fives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making sub. I'm making like twelve <laughs> drinks for people. Right, you know, right, right. Now, now I'm doing that, but not right. that. But the emotional that, journey of it. I think for the first time, I was really comfortable just like throwing the hoodie on and being like super incognito, going to the beach, coming yeah. home, just being really like. I guess I've spent a lot of my life helping others. Yeah. You know? yeah. The first time I was like, I don't have a capacity for that right now. I need to help myself. Yeah. For the and first time, huh? I think really for the first time, I think like, you know, the, th the thought of, um, I shared on, uh, on a recording of, um, recording on some meditations last week that, um, that I went on this journey of self, self nurturing. Yeah. Wow. And, that that this like strength and building strength and solitude, mm -hmm. real strength and solitude started to be a practice of self nurturing, and and anybody fears that it's because this fear of intimacy, yeah, and, uh, really a self intimacy, of course. And uh, I think that um I don't I didn't I didn't mind being alone at all, but I, I wasn't going through those like those those steps, yeah, right now, yeah. And can you see, and can everybody else on this call see the pieces of the hero's journey of, you know, hearing the call, which for Adam is blowing his knee out, going on a journey that's taken him from being the stud of New York, LA and Australia to living, you know, full disclosure in his parents' house by himself, overcoming all kinds of struggles that he never would have imagined. <laughs> small, small, small little hometown. <laughs> uh, and now going through the transformation and here's the beauty part of the transformation is, you know, I talked about it at Ted. I've talked about it on these calls that it's born out of pain. Uh, I think is Asher on this call. I think I saw him. Asher Packman said, this is um, a men's coach in Australia said, you don't get to walk on water unless you walk through your first crawl through the dirt or something to that effect. And that's where I think the challenges with so many of us in these journeys is we immediately want to jump to like, I heard this so often in the divorce world. It was like, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. I was like, yeah, but it happened last week. You don't get to say that yet. Maybe in a year from now, you get to say that it's the best thing that ever happened to you. Right now, you got to like, your, your face is in shit. You got a great big plate of shit to eat before you get to say like, oh, I was super nutritious. Uh, so I hope people get that wherever you're at in your own journey, one, it's going to be longer than you think. How long did you think this would take you, Adam? Like two. a week? <laughs> no, two weeks, legitly. <laughs> Two, <laughs> two weeks, I'd be doing at least deadlifts or squats. And I did not think after, after two months that the orthopedic surgeon from the Boston Celtics would say, you know, Adam, you have some scar tissue building up. Mm. In six weeks, if you can't work that out, we're going to have to go in and do a second surgery. Yeah. You want to talk about like shattered? I was yeah. like completely shattered. I, 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 I literally three days, I was just like, eh. Like, yep, life sucks. You know, like, I don't know what yeah. to do. Yeah. Of course, I worked, but it was very much a mission. And just to bring that full circle with the hero's journey was um, before I left here, you know, 15 years ago to move to New York City and do what I did, I had a mentor named Uncle Joe 
that uh, taught me meditation and taught me this thing called uh, find your center. And his whole thing was, Hey, like go find, you know, focus on finding your center. And he taught me how to like breathe and meditate and find my center. And um, he passed away um, mm. by a heart attack in the middle of the night. And it was devastating. Mm -hmm. and I basically took his mission of find your center. And I thought if I could go to New York city and teach them how to find their center, then Anybody could find this center in the busiest city of all, right? Yeah. And what I didn't realize was like I went there to go teach Finding Center. I went to LA and all these different places all around the world. And what's crazy is I came back to my hometown mm -hmm. where he's buried um, like 10 minutes away. And I went to go visit him recently, at, you know, in the cemetery and just had like an hour long conversation mm -hmm. and talking out loud and, mm -hmm. um, a ton and just I'm like thank you thank you for your message and I didn't realize like the alchemist right I started reading that again okay. um just the you know coming back full circle that like yeah my center is with me wherever I go and um and I'm finding my center now more than ever and centering whatever you want to call it but it's truly returning home yeah being grateful for the time I get to spend with my folks exactly right um, and falling back in love with my hometown yeah. and how beautiful it is. And, um, and, and I feel like all my senses are coming alive more. Like I see, like I'll see more things. I'll see, I'll see more beauty. I'll see certain things I didn't notice before. Yeah. You know, I'm hearing different things and yeah. smell, smell is, is in heightened, I think, because yeah. I couldn't move. Yep. So everything else had to elevate. Incredible. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I'm going to open this up guys. If you have, we're going to do take two questions. So if anybody has a question, you can either, if I can see you, if you're brave enough to be on video, you can raise your hand. If not, you can throw it in the chat. This is supposed to be an open dialogue. We'll give everybody a moment to, uh, to fire away any questions. So some things that people had written, uh, Lance, definitely. I'm noticing there's a through line to finding friends, allies, supporters, families, teachers, et cetera, in each phase of the journey. Uh, in the particulars of the journey, they will say like uh, entering of guides. Yeah. You know, it's it's like part of the like more, you know, formal language around it. But holy shit, is that true? Yeah. You, um, I can remember... I think it was a week after I found out I was getting divorced and my life changed drastically, asking my client if she would have lunch with me because she was uh, a public speaker. And this is Kimberly Weil, who has been my public speaking coach for the last two years, who put me and Adam on the TEDx stage and who has been more influential in my life in the past since that time than just about her and her husband than just about anybody else in my life. Yeah. And yet she was there in my life, you know, for a year prior to this, but for whatever reason, I was like, yeah, let me grab lunch with her and boom, just locked in and people from so many different walks of life and areas that I never, ever, ever, ever would have considered became some of the greatest teachers. And some of them were, a, you know, people I know for a weekend and some of them have been in my life for, uh, mm -hmm. for years since it's, it's absolutely fascinating. And for those of you going through these, your own hero's journey, whatever it may be, be open to those teachers and guides coming in. Yeah. Be vigilant about who is entering in because you are open, but also be open. So it yeah. doesn't look like there are any questions unless someone's typing furiously. 
And if you're typing furiously and I can see you, Vanessa, like, raise your hand. <laughs> I'll just add to that too. Oh, you're you're about, Go ahead. <laughs> I'll just add to that, you know, to, when we talk about connections mm -hmm. and support, I think that what I've found through this is that I've always been the guy that's like connecting different people. Oh, you want to know that person? Sure. You want to create that opportunity? Always down to, um, you know, say yes to that adventure. And for the yeah. first time, I couldn't say yes to adventure. I wasn't building, you know, connections, all this stuff. And, and physically didn't feel like, just in general, I didn't feel like I had a ton to offer. Yeah. And it was pretty fascinating to see the, the people that came out, especially yeah. the unexpected people that came out, that started texting every week. Mm -hmm. It was like a calendar reminder and yeah. like, Hey, just checking in on you. Yeah. You know, random FaceTimes. Right. Um, showing up. I had one person fly from LA to New York when I was there and literally just be like, Hey, um, I'm downstairs. Oh, and wow. What? And they were like, I'm downstairs. I knew if I call you, you wouldn't come down. We're going to lunch. Yeah. And I'm leaving and going back to LA. And I was wow. like, what? and it was one of those moments where like that person's, going to be in the circle for, for my whole life and beyond, right? And um, I heard it said that the, um, you know, the, the door that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's basically like, you know, we go through these doors and mm -hmm. we go through these doors, um, you know, we're always traveling at least with somebody and yeah. the door never closes. It's just up to us to either walk through it or not. Mm -hmm. And I looked at this time as like, I've always been the guy to, to, um, to see the bigger door, the higher door, the more challenging door, and, and try to like claw over that one. <laughs> I started sitting back and thinking like, like what's the open door? Mm. You know, what's the door right in front of me? And yeah. in that door, trusting that like that's an opportunity and to just walk and starting mm. to build like the faith and trust in like my own intuition, my own feeling. It's just feeling intuition all the same, right? It comes from here. And it's like, Hey, build my relationship with trust to walk mm. through that open door. And uh, so I've just been walking, you know, through certain open doors and there's been some great opportunities, you know, in the last few months that have come it. because of that. I'm just yeah. saying yes to the right. Yes. You know? Yeah, that's a great segue. Someone uh, asked, so we have the question, which I'm about, I was just about to ask you, what are you up to and how can people find more of you? But before you answer that, if you wouldn't mind, has this spawned, I know you said you were doing a documentary on it. Has this spawned a offshoot for you from what you were doing before? Like a specific thing for people who are kind of in the same boat? Or how do you plan to use this particular hero's yeah, journey? Is the question. So for me, I felt that um, that this recovery, as I was dealing with this recovery, I started thinking just the way my brain works, and mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, what's these like these steps that I've been taking? And then I started thinking, well, recovery is its own thing. Like, if you're recovering from an injury, that's one thing. But if you're recovering from, you know, a bad a bad breakup, heart mm -hmm. and heartbreak. If you're recovering from uh, a bad relationship with food. Mm. Right? you're recovering from you know alcohol whatever that may be right, right. Where you're recovering from i started feeling like that a lot of these steps would be very similar mm -hmm. and i'm not out here selling some you know some like recovery program because i'm going sell through it. it you know no 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 <laughs> this is really just this was not non-sell thing it was more of like oh like if i'm going through this recovery and I'm that movement guy, 
that can't move, and everybody knows me for that, then, then I'm going to share this, which I don't want to do. I love my, love my privacy. I'm only child. I love <laughs> social media if it wasn't for businesses, right? Like, I love my privacy, but I thought the, set, the very next day after surgery, I said, let's go. Roll that camera. Yeah. I'm not smiling, but I'm going to talk about this. Yeah. And I think that, you know, episode one came out. It's called Rise and yeah. Recover. And the first episode's rebuilt because you have to start rebuilding. Mm-hmm. You know, episode two will come out soon. It's called Relearn. Beautiful. And, you know, eventually go down the line, right? Yeah. Redesign and then reflect. Reflect mm. was the hardest one, I think, step four. But, you know, this is what I'm starting to share. And I think it's just, hey, like, if you're recovering and focus on this, like, healing path, like, I'm going on this with you. And the whole idea was, like, let's heal together. Let's, like, yeah. go through this recovery together. So just, um, I've gotten a lot of, I've gotten a lot of messages mm-hmm. from people that I was not getting messages from before that were like, I'm that, that, that landed with me. Mm. I am recovering or I right. put shelf this thing that has been holding me back, you know, that's keeping me from what I really want to do in life. And I want to put that back on the table because I watched this documentary of you um, just sharing like your experience and not yeah. not doing the the Superman version of it, but doing right. like the content version right. of it. You know, right, right, right. So that's been um that's been what I'm what I'm what I'm sharing so far through this was just like kind of share as I go. Yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing. How can people get more Adam Cobb? Where can people go to find you, follow you? By the way, this he hasn't mentioned. I, I said like pitch all your shit, and he hasn't pitched any of it. Adam also has an amazing supplement line. That's his own design. Uh, so where can people go get more of you? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking. Brother. Um, just throw it out there. Like, don't, don't yeah, be cool. bashful. Well, eight days a week. Okay. I have a full supplement line. I broke down and it's called eightdaysaweek.com. Let me type um, that in. Yeah, the number eight, eightdaysaweek.com. <clears throat> um, I broke down the line in, um, in three different phases. One's a move well line. It helps you build muscle, lose weight, helps you be mobile, all the stuff my athletes do. And then also an eat well line that is all about like gut health mm. and energy. And then a think well line where I lined up with um, a neurologist and lined up a, uh, a supplements that help you calm and release yeah. anxiety, help you memorize lines like the actors on sets that have challenges sometimes. So right. that's um, on Instagram. It's Coach Adam Cobb. And um, I just, um, C-O-B-B. C-O-B-B, yeah. Coach Adam Cobb at Instagram. And, you know, I love to hear, I love to hear from you, you know, as, as far as, you know, what you heard from this or what's showing up in your life. And, um, and I, and the most exciting thing right now is this, um, and it's all created from this morning sunrise practice, mm-hmm. uh, 72, 72 mornings in a row and, and bringing real mastery around the morning and I used to teach move well, eat well, think well, or right. movement, metabolism, mindset. Right. And I realized that none of that stuff, all that stuff will fail unless you can really bring some clarity and some purpose, some intention around the morning. And yeah. so this is a eight week, it's an eight week program where I jump on one-on-one with uh, private clients. Beautiful. All rise up, you know, so it's rise up. We spend two weeks, Focus on how to master the morning, the next two weeks, yeah. master the movement, next to metabolism, next to mindset. And oh, I love it. 
Good for you, yeah, man. Good I'm for you. About it. And people are like, I just feel like right off the bat, we just we're starting, we're diving in, and um, and it's been good so far. And it's something I've never done because I've only, you know, I just I deal with in clients, right? Person clients, and uh, through this process, I've started to um, really be excited to work with um, work with people that I, I feel like are invested. Yeah, people that want to be better, that want to have the best health and, you know, bring the best self to it. Also have that healing component. And I want to, mm. I want to dive deep into that. And I think, um, I think a lot of people either are in that healing process or need healing that they haven't really confronted. And I think this is an opportunity. Everybody. Yeah. Every yeah. single human. Awesome, yeah. man. Oh, I can't thank you enough for coming on here and just so openly sharing your story. I know, I've seen you on interviews. I've listened to you on interviews and it's usually about give us the highlight reel, right? Yeah. Tell us about what it's like to be the best trainer in the fucking country and working with celebrities and yada, 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 yada. It's not, uh, what's it like to cry trying to get in and out of the shower? No, so, man. I've never talked about that. Thank you so much. And let me just honor you as a human. Uh, you are doing amazing things and I'm just so glad that you are in the world not just in my personal world, but in the world in general. So I love you to death. Thank you so much for sharing this and for coming on and sharing with everybody. Um, all right, guys, I've got two more programs that I'm going to throw up here. Actually, I don't know if you guys can see the, the shirt that Adam's wearing. Uh, this wasn't planned, but would you mind modeling that for them? Holy <laughs> shit. Look at that. Like this, I'm not going to say it's the sexiest shirt in the world, but it's the fucking sexiest shirt in the world. Let's just throw that out there. Uh, you guys can get them there. And I've got two group classes that are still going on starting in January, one for men, one for, for women. They're going to be separate. And I'm throwing some links up here. They're eight weeks long where it's uh, group coaching, but also a bunch of private coaching. This is the last unplugged for the year. This was an idea I had about five weeks ago. And holy shit, it's now international. Uh, I'm going to kick this back off in January. But you guys know how to get a hold of me. If you don't, I'm throwing my email up here uh, as well because I would love to know. Oh, you tried to buy a shirt from your link with the email and the pay button didn't seem to engage. Uh, I will beat my assistant because uh, it's clearly his fault. Uh, I won't say his name, but his name's Jeff Baker. Um, so if you guys have any ideas for talks, stuff you want to hear more of, um, which direction you want this to go. I want this to be an open dialogue where the guest and I and all of you are interacting. This was my answer to why don't you do a podcast? Is because I really like to look at people's faces and I really like them to be able to write their questions in and make it more of a community event than just me having a relationship only with the, uh, with the guests. So I would love to hear ideas. I have my own, obviously. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about sex next year just because emails and messages I've been getting, especially from people who are men or are dating men. Um, it may be some men's only calls, but also some co-ed ones and just a bunch of different areas. So thank you guys so much for your support on this. I love you. I know a lot of you, but I don't know a lot of you. So it's truly a privilege to do this and to have you in my living room and uh, have you on board. So if you guys wouldn't mind giving a double fist bump to Adam, Again, thanks for so. Wait, first of all, where's Ferguson? Oh man, can he do a guest appearance? No, no. <laughs> Adam's got a golden doodle that I think. No, he's 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 out on a date or something. 
Yeah, he's on a date right now. Okay. All right, guys. Anyway, Adam, love you. Thanks, you guys. Have a great Christmas, and we'll, uh, we'll kick this back off in January. Cheers, everybody.